They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Grant Menzwar. Now nothing that don't kill me can only make me stronger I need you to hurry up man cause I can't wait much longer I know I got to be right man cause I can't get much stronger man I've been waiting all night man that's how long I've been listening to Anya I'm sorry those aren't the lyrics no one's what? listening to Anya. I'm that wasn't sorry. Anya? No. I don't I, know that's how you say it. Is it Enya? It's Enya. <laughs> Isn't it? If you say so. I don't know. Listen, welcome to Thoughts That Rock. It's your favorite podcast about exchanging a couple pieces of life-changing advice that we squeeze into about half an hour. Yeah, and this episode is sponsored by Certified Rockstar. You've heard it before. That's our fully customized leadership training program where we have a half day, a full day, and a virtual version. You got to check us out at certifiedrockstar.com. Yeah, Thoughts That Rock helps support Cannonball Kids Mm -hmm. Cancer and their fight for finding and funding treatment options for kids who've run out of options, please go check them out at cannibalkidscancer.org. And if you like the show, please take a moment and give us a five-star rating and a written review. Uh, It would really mean a a lot to us, honestly. It keeps us uh, in front of the eyes that we need to be seen to allow this show to grow and continue to impact more people and donate more money to these kids who are battling cancer. Yeah, for sure. And listen, we know how busy you are. You've got a lot of stuff going on in your life and grabbing a moment, the little nuggets we like to Mm -hmm. say of wisdom, that could really make your life better. Yep. We get it. That's hard to come by, which is why it doesn't really matter what you're doing right now besides listening to the show. You could be, I don't know, mixing concrete. Maybe you're climbing the steps to Mount Salea. <laughs> this is a lot of steps. Maybe you're collecting toll money on the Florida Turnpike. Hey, it's 50 cents, buddy. Doesn't matter to us. We just want to be the 30 minutes you've been looking forward to all week. Let's do it. Bobo. Our guest today is Heather Monahan, who is an executive coach. Uh, best-selling author, she's a keynote speaker, a podcaster, and also the founder of Boss and Heels. Heather, first off, welcome to Thoughts That Rock. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, we're excited about this. We, uh, we've we been looking forward to it. I know we tried to, to get on the line a couple times before, but you're here and we're excited about it. And uh, I did want to tell everybody that your bio is going to obviously be in the show notes. We, we tend to push everybody there and I hope everyone takes a, a moment to just check out her entire awesome, incredible background. But a few cool highlights, Brand, I thought would be cool at least to share with you. She's had uh, 20 plus years in corporate life mm-hmm. and just everywhere she goes, she's breaking glass ceilings in the C-suite, specifically as a chief revenue officer in media. Yep. Um, a, co- a couple cool things out of that. Also, 2017, she was named one of the most influential women in radio. No big deal. The next year, she was named a limit-breaking female founder. 
Uh, oh, here's one. Her book, Confidence mm-hmm. Creator, shot to number one on Amazon Business Biographies and Business Motivation List the very first week that it debuted. Big deal. <laughs> She's a big it. deal. She's got a hugely successful podcast, Creating Confidence. Previous guests include Sarah Blakely, Gary V, Jim Knight, Caitlin Bristow. I don't see your name in <laughs> I'm there. I'm sorry. What? Or mine. <laughs> That's Oh, yours isn't on there Mine's yet? Mine's not on. I'm, we must be un- under future guests. We'll see how the... We'll see how today goes. Okay, all right. Okay. Um, and a couple of cool things, too. Two, 2020, she was named one of the top 40 female keynote speakers by Real Leaders. Yep. Uh, her TEDx talk, which is amazing. You got to go and look at it. Here's the cool thing. This is very rare. Was promoted to TED. Yep. That's Crazy. the that's the big one, big right? Big leagues, baby. And also translated into six languages. So, you know, just, just absolutely crushing it. And if that was enough, she's also a guest professor at Harvard. So, boom. Well, that's, you know, it's no big deal. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say she's also a Zoom lunch lady. <laughs> well, yeah. that too. Well, yes, that. yes. Probably the most important job that you have, of course. <laughs> But, you know, just to squeeze everything in, uh, thanks. We feel very we're, inadequate. We're guest professors <laughs> at the at the local <laughs> Boys and Girls Club. The School of Hard Knocks. And by professors, we mean we, we keep the kids busy. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, well, that is an important job. It, it is. Hugely. Might be the most important. Might be bigger than any of these awards that you've just won. That's you know, right. that's right. I'm waiting. I'm still waiting for Ted to promote. Well, I guess I should wait to do one. And then, yes. yes. You know what? The only way you get there is you got to go through Heather's show. First. I'm doing a gym talk is what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Not a that Ted happens. talk. It's a gym talk. That happens yes. every day. So, Heather, we're just so thrilled that you're here. And, you know, we do things a little bit different than the traditional podcast. We love to get right to the heart of the matter. So we're going to leave the floor open to you and to ask you what is your thought that rocks my thought that rocks is fear is a green light that means go now listen Hmm. i love this because i most of the time scream this at somebody at least once a day that green means go (laughs) when i am waiting in traffic i think this is going to be different than heather's okay all right i was like for me at least three times a day it is screaming at someone green means go can you yeah but that is that is the visual i love it that's right see i knew i was right all right i'm the first guest on her show i'm sure she's got better i just i just moved up a notch yes what 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 does this mean Why, why did you pick that heather so for me, you know, you talked a little bit about my 20 plus years in corporate America. Yeah. Back then, I, whenever I would feel afraid or nervous to speak up or, you know, be myself in certain situations where you're expected to be a certain way, I would step back from fear. You know, I'd shy away from it. And what I've learned since I got fired three years ago is that I was doing it all wrong. And now as an entrepreneur, what I do on the daily in three times a day is every time I feel fear, I see it as that person at the green light not going and I scream to myself, get moving. Hmm. Hmm. So, I mean, we've talked a lot about fear on the show before. That is a that is definitely a different take. I think most of the time we're talking about how to overcome it. Uh, how to deal with it, not really in, in, like what you're saying, how to use it as a motivator in life. Um, so, so what do you talk to people about now? Is it fear factor? Is it you just got to face it head on? And, and uh, you know, even bigger than that, it'll empower you. I mean, that obviously when I'm looking at all of the content that you have about confidence creator or creating confidence, that's what it's about is empowering yourself to drive past it, right? 
Absolutely. And, you know, since the pandemic hit, I've been doing a lot of virtual speeches around how to find certainty in uncertain times. And the more that you really put yourself in these uncomfortable situations, like stepping into the fear, you know, like pivoting, like reinventing yourself, the more you're able to see that as proof that the next time something crazy and unexpected happens, you're going to be able to step into that fear, survive it and thrive again. Well, this has certainly served you well. I mean, I look at the the products that you have now and the content fear, the way that you're talking about it, when you can go through it and, and really put your, you know, using your analogy of putting your your foot on the pedal, right, and, and flying through it, it, it breeds confidence, right? I mean, obviously, that is a word that you've used. And I can only, I think about songs like Demi Lovato's Confidence, or you think about uh, um, Kelly Clarkson with Stronger, like there's these these anthems that people now will rally around. Do you, I don't know, is there, is there an anthem song that would be yours when you think about the, the work that you do? What's wrong with being confident? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you, just, you just remind me of that one. I love that one. That's such a great song. But actually, I, you know, I do have a playlist. It's the, you know, you essentially do. what, oh yeah, I have a playlist that, I use any time I'm going into a scary event. What, I use it the whole ride to my TEDx talk. You know, anytime I'm going to something really big that's next level for me, I kick this playlist in and it just reminds me of all the other times before when I was scared walking into another event or another venue and didn't know what was going to happen. And I survived it. You know, it went okay. And those that playlist that I have, I only use it for those moments. So it hmm. cues my brain like something great is about to happen. And it typically does. I love it. What's on the playlist? Give, give us one. Give us one really amp up song. Well, it's tons of Kanye. I'm big into hip hop, a lot of Jay-Z. But my real theme song on there is Kendrick Lamar. I mm. love my song. Oh, and yeah. I, I, mm. I love that song. Yeah, I love it. It's great. I'm all Hair Nation 80s for mine. <laughs> you so. are not. I, I am. Are you really? Literally, all I listen to, my kids play some song, and I'm like, what, what is this? And they're like, Dad, have you been under a rock for, I'm like, yes, I have, since 1989. <laughs> it's, come on, it's Fighter by Christina Aguilera. I don't, tell us uh, tell I the like, truth. Come on. I, that, that's a good song. Yes. Um, you know, I love, uh, Heather, one of the things you said recently on, a, on one of your social media posts that I thought was great is uh, you're not too old and it's not too late. And and yeah. as I sort of looked at that with regards to this I, this quote from you, this, this incredible piece of advice, um, fear is a green light. That means go. How? I mean, I would, uh, yes, that you are not too old and it's not too late, but man, the longer we wait, the, the harder it is to put your foot on that gas pedal, right? Isn't it? How do you get people to, you know, understand that it doesn't matter how old you are. It's never, it's never too late to start to, to push through these things that might be stopping you and holding you back. Yeah. A lot of times in my own experience and, and with other people that I, you know, speak with and work with, I see that they have people in their life, same thing that happened to me when I wanted to write and self-publish my first book. My family told me, no, don't do that. What are hmm. you, crazy? You know, you're from sales and sales leadership in corporate America. This Don't test this. You know, people, sometimes they project their own self-limiting beliefs onto you and or they want to protect you from failing. And so they try to talk you out of things. Same thing when I launched my podcast. Everyone said, it's too late. There's too many out there. You're too late to the game. Yeah. You know, don't do it. And they, they, they think they're helping you. But what I've learned is 
you know, that's about them. It's not about you. And don't ask people for advice that haven't been to the place that you're attempting to go. So when my family told me not to write the book, I called my editor who had written 19 books. And he said, hang on, what does your family know about writing books? I said, well, nothing. (laughs) He said, okay, well, good thing you called me because I want to tell you this. No, they're wrong. And you, you wrote this book for a certain person and to help people and let's move forward. Don't, don't get crazy, you know, and talk yourself out of this now. So I've learned that for me, if I'm feeling uncertain, if I'm afraid to do something, if I'm feeling too old and too late to the game, I call someone light years ahead of me that did it, you know, mm. 20 years ago. And and nice. every time they're saying, oh, my God, please go for it. What are you worried about? Like, of course you can do this. It's a no brainer. And and then that just gives me a little push to keep going forward. So at this point, when when people have said, don't do it, whether it was your book, whether it's a podcast and even going back, you were talking about, you know, these these couple decades in working in. In corporate America, are you even afraid of anything? Like, do you have, are you fearful of anything at this point? Or do you tell yourself because of this thought that's really resonated with you that you can pretty much push through anything? It just means you're just going to be better on the other side. Or do you still have something going on in, in, in the back of your mind? And maybe even the second part to that, what advice do you give now to people who do feel, let's say, paralyzed by fear? Yeah, I mean, listen, of course, I still get afraid. And the best example is when the pandemic hit, my number one revenue stream, I'm a single mother, you know, I live with my 13 year old, and my number one revenue stream was my speaking engagements. Every single one of them was canceled. And so I had been looking out at a full calendar, which translates to a full bank account. And suddenly, I was looking out at an empty calendar, empty bank account. I went into my bedroom and thank goodness I had the Peloton bike had been delivered. I'm my most creative when I'm exercising. So I jumped on that bike and I was crying. My son didn't know. And in my mind, I was saying, okay, find a solution right now. What can you do? How can you change this business? How can, what can you offer from this home? We didn't know how long this was going to go on for. And something in my mind said, Heather, go look at your messages and see what people ask you for. And so I went to all of my DMs on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and I started writing down. People had been asking me, hey, do you consult businesses? Do you do executive coaching? Do you mentor? And I'd always been responding, no, no, because I was doing my keynote speeches and I just didn't have time for things like that. So I decided, okay, I need to generate revenue. This is a problem I can solve for others. I'll just take a leap of faith and put a post up. And and that's what I did. I put a post up and said, you asked, I've answered. You wanted executive coaching. I'm offering my first ever Mapers. DM me. There are limited spots available. And I sold that program out. And that really, until the virtual speaking business started taking yep. off for me, that was my primary revenue um, source. So, yeah, I get afraid. Yeah, it, it's scary and hard. But I also have started to build a lot of certainty within me that, I can survive really hard times, so I'm sure I can survive this one. I just don't know how yet, but I'm going to trust that I will. Mm-hmm. Do you find that it's the same? So, uh, you know, we, Jim and I are in the same boat, exactly. right? We, we literally, uh, 100% of our income comes from speaking at conferences. And so for us, we, you know, March 9th, I think, was the last time <laughs> that we that we saw a live gig. And then all of a sudden, you know, just as, as your world got turned upside down, we watched everything go away overnight or postpone till next year or whatever that's going to be. But it, it sort of put us into this forced innovation, right? And so like all of a sudden we had to figure out the virtual world and are you going to be someone who just, you know, 
is a talking head over a PowerPoint deck? Or are you going to try to make it a little more engaging and creative? And so what does that look like? And Oh, we got to upgrade cameras. Oh, we got to upgrade lights. Oh, we got to up. And so all of a sudden, you know, here we are seven months in and we have full blown studios. Now mm-hmm. that three camera studios, we can, we have switchers. We have all these different things that I was sort of that, that fear that we sort of had that little minor panic moment to go, Oh my gosh, what are we going to, what are we going to do? All of a sudden now we're looking at it going, it forced us to innovate. It forced us to, to up our game on the virtual side. And now when we get to next year and things have a, a, a chance to sort of move into whatever this next phase is going to be of live events and, and being in front of people again, now we have this incredible offering that didn't exist before this, this fear or hardship that we were facing where we can say, well, yeah, I'm going to come and do this talk, but I, you know, we could also offer two follow-up virtual talks that, that take the conversation even deeper into your organization. And so, you know, in, in it's fantastic production quality and it's not just like, you know, uh, recording yourself on your iPhone and sending it in. It's, it is a much different game that, in a lot of ways, um, in spite of all the hardship, we're in a better position to move forward now because of hitting that gas and, and trying to go as quickly as we could to pivot. It's her thought come to life. It really is. It really is. How how are you going to take sort of this time where you've been forced into this this new innovation for yourself to move forward next year when you're able to get back on stages? Oh my gosh, we hope we get back on stage <laughs> next year. Yeah, I mean, jeez, you guys. This thing is going it's unfolding so different than I what I ever thought. So I don't want to I don't like I don't want to get my hopes set up that it is that we will be able to. I, I certainly hope that we will, but mm. I don't know. You know, for me it's really just leaning into the virtual side right now yeah. and trying to leverage, you know, one successful event, grab the testimonial and review from that event and, you know, leverage it for the next one and continually promote that business. Because for a lot of people, what I found is, and myself included, when this virtual thing started, I thought, well, I don't know if I could be a virtual speaker. I've never done that, right? Anytime you step into something new, doesn't, just because you're good on a stage doesn't mean you'll be good on a computer. That's a guarantee, Right. right? So for me, it started with, Okay, I'll offer a hundred percent money back guarantee just to get someone to hire me so I could see if I was good at it. And then when the first one worked, I thought, okay, this is some a little bit approved. Maybe I can take the next step. And and I started noticing one of the things I'm not doing is I'm not engaging with people the way I used to from a stage because I can't see them. Mm-hmm. A lot of these events it's just a black screen and you only see your own face. Yeah. And so I I brainstorm with the event planners ahead of time. Hey, it's really going to be more meaningful if we get that engagement. Either can we find a way to do it on the platform, like in the chat thread on on Zoom, someone managing that and offering questions up? Or is there an option for us to go to social media ahead of time to your audience, engage them ahead of time, find out what is important to them they want to have addressed, and then I incorporate Mm. that into my talk, calling them out. So trying to find different ways. But I'll tell you, I was in this huge event two weeks ago for the Event Planner Expo, and it was Damon John and the CEO from It Cosmetics and me. And I thought, (laughs) like, I'm the smallest one out of all, you know, Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank. And I thought, okay, I've got to go next level. And I'm on the phone with the event planner, um, the head of it. And and I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go rent out a studio like Tony Robbins. And I'm going to do this and this. And he said, 
what are you nuts? <laughs> I said, what do you, I said, well, what do you mean? I mean, I'm, I'm up next to Damon John. Like I have to go other level. He said, Heather, are Damon's doing this from his living room. Like get over yourself. <laughs> and, he, and he made a great point. He said, people are showing up to hear your words, not see your backdrop. Yeah. yeah. And I thought That's that was really cool that he took that pressure off me because I was so committed to trying to justify I should be there. And it ended up in the end, I did it from my living room too. Damon did it from his, everyone did it from their living room. And I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm in better company. And I'm glad I actually took, you know, lowered those expectations and, and just sh- shared my message. This is why I think you, and maybe I'm wrong here, I think you might be in a better place than most of the other speakers. I mean, there really are people that that is all they do. And you look at... You know, not only your years of being in media, but the fact that you've got a book, that you've got a podcast, you've got other platforms. And there may have been, as you said, whether it was your family or your friends saying, don't do that. That's crazy. There was some fear that you had to go through. But now, even with you moving into doing some of this this coaching, this executive coaching, you have so many other, I don't want to say revenue streams, because some of these things like a podcast cost money unless you've got a sponsor. You now have so many more things, I think, that are in your quiver if you will you got so many more eras that i think that you have a better chance of not only coming out of the pandemic in a better place but you'll be stronger i mean if you go back to your thought where i honestly used to think probably because of coming out of the you know the mid late 2000s here i thought i was recession proof i thought i had planned for just about everything i can tell you for a fact i was not pandemic proof (laughs) when everything shuts down there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to escape. But I think if we really take your thought to heart, you know, you got to push through that. You really got to go, you know what, I'm, I'm going to accept the fear. I'm going to let it in and do its thing, but I'm going to use it to my advantage. I'm going to lean in if I can use that term and say, when I come out the other side, it's going to be awesome. And now I've just, I've added another layer onto my life. So I, I think, you know, I don't. That, that's why I ask you the question: What are you fearful of now? Because I, what, what else would you be fearful of? You, you've now gone through the pandemic. When this comes, you know, to fruition, and it will, maybe it's by mid next year, you're going to be a rock star. You're going to be stronger than you were before, don't you think? I I do, and and this was I I write about this actually in my new book, my octopus revenue strategy. I used to when I was in corporate America, I had one revenue stream, right? That was my paycheck and my bonus and and you know stock options that I had. That was it. It was completely dependent on that company, mm-hmm. one stream. Yep. And so when I got fired, I felt like I lost everything in in one second. It was gone. And so I swore to myself after that experience. I need to have, you know, eight to 10 revenue streams, even if they're small at first. And you mentioned the podcast. I'll never forget the first check I got on my podcast. And I thought, you know, this is small. It's not paying my mortgage payment today. However, this is proof that it exists. Mm -hmm. And so once I see that proof, you know, like the the first small virtual paycheck I got from a virtual speech, I think I did for $1,500. But when it arrived in my bank account, I said, this is proof there is a business model here. You know, so I test these different things out and once i see revenue start coming in it's on me to accelerate that revenue and figure out how i can grow it and scale it over time but yeah i I do agree that it's interesting to see how we can take the solution that we bring to market the problem that we solve and offer it in different ways that can potentially reach different people reach different audiences and and drive new streams for us so i am excited to continue to evolve and grow that that's awesome yeah it's it's been an interesting you know in in the light of sort of your confidence creator book you know it's it's 
so for me, it's funny that, you, you know, we talk about backdrops and all that sort of thing, but like it helps build my confidence when I know it looks good, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, at least yeah. I may tank. This talk might suck <laughs> shit, but it's going to look amazing yes. by the time it's done, right? And it's not if you win or lose. It's how you look. And that that, you're well, I'm just saying uh, at the end of the day, whatever I need to do, right? And so, uh, Heather, I was laughing um, a few weeks ago. I was... Uh, I was doing this talk and it was me and then it was D Snyder from yeah. Twisted Sister. And I do my talk and I pull out all the bells and whistles because that's what I do. And so I have, you know, my my virtual game is I'm using eCam, I'm using moving cameras and it looks great and I've got these overlays and I finish and feel like it was a mic drop, right? And then <laughs> D Snyder comes next and and they're like okay d you're up and d the first thing he says is well, i don't get any of that fancy shit because i'm an actual rock star and i just got back from my house in belize and i was like cue the sad trombone holy shit right i just got completely put in my place by d snyder but at the end of the day i i felt pretty good because i'm like yeah damn i intimidated the shit out of d snyder to the point where he had to call me out in front of everybody (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's a confidence creator right there for me and it's it's one of those things that helps me push through that fear just knowing that um that you know the 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 effort that i have put in to really try to stand out to really be um a step above maybe what else is being offered uh, just from production quality and, and passion and what you're putting into it and that overall impact. Um, I love that you are doing things like let's talk about engaging earlier on social media because it's more than just the event, right? Like we want it to last. We want the moment to last longer than the hour that you're going to talk. It's got to, it's got to resonate long after you are done. If you really want that moment to have the type of impact that we all desire. And so to me that that's everything. And it actually leads us perfectly to our thought this week that we wanted to share with you. Uh, it comes from Robert Schuler, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and our thought that rocks is this. Thoughts that rock number two. Problems are not stop signs. They're guidelines. And I feel like we have literally had to live that out in the last seven months of we could have looked at those problems and just said, well, I'm going to go have to try to find a job doing something else because I have no way to to earn any income because I can't get on stage. But instead we said, well, what if this was just a guideline that says, okay, rules of the game have changed a little bit. Let's try to reinvent ourselves within these new guidelines that are now out there for everybody to follow. And here we are still being able to find a way to thrive uh, in the middle of a global pandemic, which, which I feel like when you treat those problems as guidelines, it really helps push through that fear. Is that how you view that as well? Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. 
We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Absolutely. It's so funny when you were explaining that story, I thought about this social media post I had on LinkedIn today. I had said something about don't get it twisted. This year has not been easy for me. You know, I lost, I was supposed to be in Italy this week. P.S. Mm-hmm. It was my first international speaking engagement. I was getting uh. paid a ton of money to be out. And I was so excited about the personal accomplishment. There are all these moments I was super excited for that are gone. And then I go on to say, however, I reinvented myself and, you know, A, B, C, and D. And someone comments in the post below yeah, you should just be grateful to have a job. So many of us lost our jobs. Yikes. Now, what was interesting is I lost my job too, right? right. I lost my job, but I reinvented it. Yeah. And that person wasn't seeing the problems and challenges as guidance. They were seeing it as a stop sign. It's over, right? For Absolutely. that person, it was over. They lost you know, their, their situation changed and they just gave up. So no, I agree wholeheartedly with you. And, I, and I'm proud of me. I'm proud of you guys. I'm proud of anyone that took that moment to say, this sucks. There's nothing I can do about what's these problems are you know, happening around me. However, I can turn inwards and figure out solutions and stay so focused on that that I find them. Love that. Love that. And, and you know, I, uh, I, I never knew this. Uh, I never heard this Schuler thought. I mean, this quote yeah. before. And it's funny because, um, you know, Heather, as you know, I, I spent 21 years at Hard Rock. We used to teach as part of our management training these core competencies. And one of them was problem solving in, in hospitality. That is like management 101. You've got to be able to quickly and effectively solve problems. And I think, you know, if you if we were to, to have looked at it like this, and again, we were probably teaching in this way, but not with the same words. If you looked at it as the, these obstacles, which are absolutely going to occur, you're going to have problems that will arise, no doubt. But don't look at them as they're meant to hold us back. They allow us to take a step back and and to pause and to reevaluate our current approach or maybe consider if we're, we're, you know, taking the right approach and maybe there's different opinions or different ideas on how to solve some of these issues. And I just, I remember coming out of the training for a lot of these managers thinking the ones that are quick and effective to solve problems for whatever reason, there's probably other reasons, but they were promoted faster. You know, they got to the next level. They, they were probably considered as being a better leader. I'm putting that in air quotes here. You know, and I guess my point would be, and this is a question really for you, Heather, if you if you can get to the point where you can embrace the the long and winding road, if you will, to include these problems, these pitfalls, or like like Schuler saying here, these guidelines, you know, and everything that comes with it, if you can accept that, that that's part of the journey, and again, just sort of use that to your advantage, don't you think you will become more successful in life and not look at these as, ugh, look at this happening to me again, which is, by the way, we talk about this on the show in my book, Culture That Rocks. I talk about it's a mindset of things can happen to you or things that happen for you. These personal culture shifts, if you look at it as happening for you, and again, it just adds that much more of a layer for you to be effective. Don't you think it then goes right back to your quote about you're getting past fear a lot quicker, right? Absolutely. And I'll tell you, I when I was in corporate America, I had a rule for my team. Come to me with your problems. However, when you come, come with three proposed solutions that mm-hmm. you thought on, brainstormed on your own, and then come to me with the problem, and we together will we'll figure out what how we're going to move forward. But my whole goal with that was to train my team to don't just throw your arms up and say, oh, I don't know what to do, but instead challenge yourself to whiteboard what are potential solutions. There's no bad idea. It might get us on a whole different you know angle or conversation we hadn't thought of previously 
but people want to work with people who are problem solvers and solution seekers. Nobody wants to be around the naysayer. Anyone can throw their hands up and say, oh, this sucks. It's not going to work. Yeah. But instead, challenge yourself to say, hey, what are three different ways I could make this work? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess if you put it back into our world again, I think you shared actually, Brant, earlier, our good friend Brian Fanzo, who yeah. does a ton of virtual stuff. And he just wrote an article, um, I think a blog, basically saying the hybrid world is is here to stay. Yeah. I mean, there's some short-term stuff that the sure. three of us are figuring out, but it's going to be here long-term. And I think yeah. event planners are going, maybe I'm not getting three <laughs> keynote speakers for my events anymore. I'm going to get one awesome keynoter, and then I'm going to get two that either might be virtual or there's some pre or post stuff, or maybe we'll use some internal. But we, as as facilitators from a distance, we have to figure out that this is now part of the deal. And you know, I'm going back to what you were saying before, Brand. Yeah. I do think that these problems have made us stronger, that we're yeah. going to be so much better from an offering standpoint. And I think the audience, the, the people that are listening right now, they've got to use it in their personal life. they got to figure out whatever's going on. And yep. granted, like you said, Heather, people are losing their jobs. I mean, even worse. And there's some people that are losing family members, right? Yeah. Sure. I, I don't know how you know easy you could talk about overcoming those types of things. That'll that That definitely will resonate with some people. But in general... There's nothing that could happen to us that we can't get around it and go, let me see if I can't figure this out to make my life a little bit better. What were you going to say? No. Yeah. I love this idea of whenever there's a problem, can we immediately ask ourselves what, it, what are the guidelines that this problem creates? Right? Like that to me, mm -hmm. um, I go and I look and even, even when we're doing these events now, doing something like having the chat function a lot of them, if there's too many people, they just turn off the chat. Yeah. And it's such a, that's such a bad idea. Even if there's 2000 people on there, it's more important that they get a chance to engage and answer and do those things than voice. it is for people to be able to read exactly what it is that's being said. And, and I even go back to when, when this sort of in March, when all this happened, we didn't have nice cameras. We didn't have professional lighting. We didn't have this sort of stuff, but you didn't have to go out and buy anything. If you just looked at the problems and said, okay, mm -hmm. what are the new guidelines that would have to happen for me to be able to do a reasonable virtual presentation? And it was, it was things like, Hey, make sure you're facing a window yeah. so that that natural light hits your face. Hey, make sure that it's at least eye level so that you're not you know, people aren't looking up your nose when you're trying to present, <laughs> Hey, let's make sure that, um, that you stand up and that microphone is from the laptop is closer to your mouth so that it actually has a little bit more clarity there. And it's like all of those things, um, just created these guidelines rather mm -hmm. than going, I don't have the equipment. I don't have, I can't do that. It was more of, no, just, just look at the new guidelines and allow those guidelines to sort of shape what's possible for you. And the, the more that you dive into that to me, the more you lean into that particular thing, you decide what you need that might help you sure. up your game a little bit in some way, shape or form. And I, I feel like that's sort of, what everybody is doing right now, you have two choices. You can sit there and go, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> or you go, okay, there's a few more guidelines than there were, you know, seven months ago, but, but we can still function here. We're just going to need to really going back to, to Heather's initial thought. We're going to have to push through that fear sure. and, and, and green means go. And so how, you know, I guess Heather, what I would say is for everyone who's in that spot right now, 
they are at this point, they're frustrated, they're tired. They, they, between everything going on in, in this country in the last seven months from the civil unrest to, you know, election time to, um, you know, masks and the pandemic. And it's like, there's so much barreling down on them. What's the advice that you want to give to these people who are desperately looking for a little sliver of hope right now? Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, things have always been uncertain. It's just, it, there's such a light focused on it right now. So a few things you can do. Number one, start with a gratitude practice every freaking morning when you get up. I don't mm. care if it's painful or hard to get in the routine, make yourself do it. That will shift how you think, get your body moving. And if you have a body that can't move, start meditating. I need to work out every day. And that has been my go-to in this pandemic. I go outside, even if it's just for a quick jog or something, but I have to get moving because that gets me thinking and escaping, you know, the negativity around me, evaluate the people who are in your circle. If you have a villain in your circle, fire, that villain so positive Hmm. people can come in and sometimes that villain is social media the news so evaluate how you feel when you turn your television on you know if you're watching the news every night and you're not feeling good after stop doing it you know Hmm. make a decision not to allow negativity to come in your space I love that. You, you actually just said something too. I remember from your TED talk, you talk about firing your villain. I would assume this is like pretty prevalent in your new book. That comes out next year, right? Yes, it's actually called Leapfrogging Villains. Yeah, it's all about, you know, <laughs> I love it. you need to fire the villains in between your own ears, right? If you're talking negatively to yourself, or if the villain is maybe you're in a job that you really don't like, there's so many ways to look and see where those villains are hiding in your life and make sure you take action and fire them. I love it. That's amazing. What is the best way for people to continue to follow you on your journey? Yeah, my website is heathermonahan.com. That will link you to everything, my podcast, my book, my new book, my speaking engagements, and I'm on all social media at Heather Monahan. Boom. One-stop one shop. I love that. And as long as you have me on before Jim Heather, you're in my good graces, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> Mine's already aired. Is it? I don't, yeah, sorry. I, I don't know what to tell you. It's always got the one up on me. <laughs> Well, we can't thank you enough for spending some time, and uh, we, we definitely will uh, will follow along in your journey. I can't wait to uh, get Leapfrogging Villains. What a great name, right? I'm jealous. What a great, that, great that name. That is a T-shirt waiting to have. I want to see you. the illustration of that. <laughs> yes. I picture this snidely whiplash with this person going right over the top. Right. Uh, we're going to have to put snidely whiplash in the show notes for the kids. For the They're kids. How else this. are they going to know who snidely whiplash yes. is? Well, what a rock star. Thank you, Heather, for spending some time with us, and And uh, we hope to see you down the road soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. You're the bomb. Rock on. Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. Yeah, and if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, whether as a webinar for a virtual event or in person as a conference keynote, contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time. Rock on! Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, your gateway to a new dimension of wellness. Featuring discussions with world-renowned experts, pioneers, champions, and professionals. Experience high-end production, sophistication, and easily applicable tips and tricks for everyday life. Your journey to wellness, it starts here and it starts now. 
Tune in to the Wellness Driven Life Show and become a part of the evolution of driven living.